How are you fasters doing today? Have you been uh, Have you been doing any feasting yet? In the presence of the Lord, doing any taking in that fresh word from God, that fresh river of living water. You know, there's a wonderful point when we're fasting, when we get to the point where um, your mind begins to let go of those earthly things. And you can, you can see it happening in your heart. Your attention just goes to the Lord, and that's when God begins to move. Hallelujah. Well, I sent out a, uh, sent out a little uh, uh, text and email inviting those who had been fasting if they had a little brief one-minute testimony before we get into the preaching this morning to just uh, come prepared to just share that, that thing that God's doing so far in your life, just the blessing, the provision, whatever it is. So uh, let's begin with uh, Jacob. Jacob, you want to... Sprint up here, Jacob. There you go. That's Jacob sprinting right there. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Good morning. Good morning. Amen. Love you. Glory to God. Amen. Three months ago, my dad had a stroke, and it was the hardest thing that my family had to face. Uh, and it was a real testing of our faith. But with prayer with fasting, with just seeking out the Lord. We see him here right now. <laughs> when he first had the stroke, everybody thought he was gonna die. Me and my mom and everybody at the church, we believed that a miracle was gonna happen. And right now, he gets to stay at our home. He got to be at our house a couple of days ago, and uh, every day he gets better and better. Yes. And uh, we have people that are coming to our house, working with them every, uh, like, um, three times a week. And, I mean, it just, it's just a big blessing. And, I mean, praise God, because uh, it's just God rewards your faith, yes. even in the hardest time. And it said in Hebrews 11:1, 1, faith is being sure of what you hope for and certain of what you do not see. As well as it says, without uh, deed, faith is dead. So keep your faith on. Keep action with it. Keep fasting and believing that what you're praying for is going to happen. Amen. Yes. Thank you, Jacob. Praise the Lord. Diane? And, and that's Diane sprinting right there. Sprinting in the spirit. Sprinting in the spirit. Dead heat run, flat out. Go on, girl. Well, I have to be honest. When Pastor Nick announced the fast, I thought, oh, my God, are you kidding me? I'm not sleeping. I'm barely getting one meal a day. And... Um, I thought, this is terrible. What a rotten time for him to do this. Doesn't he know what I'm going through? And he did, of course, because we talked almost daily. So uh, when I started praying about the fast, the Lord said, there is more of me than you have seen. Oh, and he now. has just kept telling Amen. me, there is more than what I have given you. 
were we blessed? Did Scott live? Yes. Is he being restored? Yes. But the Lord keeps telling me, you don't know me yet. And I thought, thank you, God, that there is more before I die to know about you. And it was like you've had a best friend for 20 years, and all of a sudden they reveal something to you, and you're like, I didn't know that. How could I not know that? And it added a dimension to your relationship with them that you never knew was possible. So I'm thankful that there's more of God for me to know and understand. Awesome. Wonderful. Thank you, Diane. Praise the Lord. Well, we've rounded the corner, and today we're beginning our third week. Next Sunday will be the final day of our fast, the 21st of December. Uh, sorry, January. I prayed that my mind would wake up by the time I hit the pulpit this morning, and I think we're just about there. Um, at any rate, I am excited. I feel like I feel like the Lord has got just an armful of stuff. His, we used to say years ago, his foot's on the honey bucket. And I, I, he's in the mood to tip it. Hallelujah. So I believe that I, I believe that God holds back the best, the deepest, the richest for those he sees that are going to run and run the distance. You know, when I was a kid and, and working in the trades and so forth, they used to say, oh, pfft, he's a five-minute wonder. he outwork anybody for five minutes. But uh, Marty, you know what I'm talking about? I know you probably don't keep too many people like that. But uh, it's that distance running with Jesus. You know what I'm saying? It's that faithfulness and obedience. Praise the Lord. I, I just want to say about Scotty, we are excited. We are thrilled. We have been praying and believing God. He had really a very serious major stroke. And uh, uh, it looked dicey. Um, but we are believing God for a 100% restoration of all his faculties. Mental acuity, vision. Dexterity, hallelujah. And then I've added, I don't know about you, but I've added in my prayer, Lord, make him better than before. BTB, BTF, better than, BTB, forget about it. Better than before, hallelujah. But, um, you know, Scott's a fighter. Scott is a separated Marine, two tours in Vietnam, tough guy, strong guy. But more than that, better than that, He's a man of God. He's a tough man of God. Hallelujah. And we're just grateful to have him back. We need somebody to take charge of things around here. Scott, it's been a little loose around here while you've been away. I know that when you get back fully up on your feet, people will snap too. Yep. Find your Bible and open it to Hebrews. Hebrews chapter 12, we're going to look on the first two verses. Hebrews 12, 1 and 2. Are you ready? Getting there? Years ago when you would say, turn in your Bible, you'd hear all this paper flipping. Sound of pages, it was wonderful. Preacher loves the sound, that sound, that's just... 
whole room full of that going on. Absolutely fabulous. Now, you don't hear much because it's just, you know, the phones don't even click anymore, you know, because they're all digitized. So everybody open your devices to Hebrews 12, 1 and 2. All right. Therefore, since we have so great a cloud of witnesses surrounding us, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily entangles us, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Laying aside every weight and the sin that so easily entangles us, let us get up and run this race that is set before us. And I'd like to just get out ahead of this message and say, let us get up and win this race that's set before us. In early December, as we were preparing for our 21-day fast that begins September 1st, the Lord spoke to me and He said this, The train of my anointing and purpose is coming your way. And when it comes alongside, you'll need to be up to speed to hop on board. Everyone say, up to speed. Let's all say it together. Up to speed. We need to be up to speed in order to get on board. Do you see that in your mind? Do you see why when that train comes, it might slow down, but nobody's going to hop a train from a lazy boy recliner. Nobody's going to hop a train wandering around the tracks. You need to know that schedule and know that train's coming. And you need to get yourself out in front and you need to run alongside and then you can just step on board. When you and that train sync up, you can get on board. Somebody say praise the Lord. And let me say this to you this morning. If you want to run with God, fasting gets you up to speed. That's what you've been doing for the past two weeks is getting up to speed with God. Fasting gets you there. Now, throughout history, God has called people to initiatives far greater than their capabilities. But as they got up to speed through prayer and fasting, heaven would move upon the earth. And the Holy Ghost would sweep them into divine momentum that would carry them forward into victory. Some people call it a revival, move of the Holy Ghost. I don't know what you want to call it, but I know that God wants to move upon the earth. He wants heaven to move upon the earth. But we've got to get up to speed for the things that God has said, the initiatives that God sets before us. We can't inherit and occupy and be the person in that initiative that's operating and moving until we get up to speed with God. Otherwise, it comes and blows right past you, and you're standing there saying, wow, that looked great. Wish I was a part of it. Aren't you tired of feeling left out of the move of God? 
Aren't you just sick and tired of seeing and hearing, even reading in your Bible all those great things that I want to be in that in my life? I want to see it in my life. Well, let me tell you, God wants to see you in that scene more than you even want to be in it. Let me tell you, though, you can't get up to speed in the strength of your own spiritual zeal and determination. Being determined and being faithful is wonderful. Faithful to come to church, faithful to tithe, faithful to have a little devotional, faithful to not run off and, and, uh, and uh, go back into sin or all those things. That faithfulness is great, but when Jesus, when the Bible says that Jesus welcomes into heaven those that have faithfully followed him, the scripture says, he says, enter into the presence of the Lord, you good and faithful servant. Some of us have been faithful, but we haven't been good at it. We've been faithful, but the goodness is not something you can produce in your own zeal. You can't just say, you know, I'm going to be in church every week, and I'm going to read my Bible, and I'm going to do these things, and, and that's going to make you good. Good is when you get on board. Good is when you get up to speed. Good is, good is when you're moving in the anointing. Then the supernatural power of God is working in your life. Then they start writing chapters in the Bible about the life you're living. And uh, we need that 29th chapter of the book of Acts written in our generation. Can you say amen? amen. So you can't get up to speed in the strength of your own spiritual zeal no matter how sincere your determination may be. And let me tell you why you can't. You're probably not going to like to hear this this morning. Um, but I'm saying it of myself first. And I'm going to include you in it. And the reason you can't get up to speed in your own spiritual zeal. Some of you, like me, have been coming here, sitting in the same chair year after year, week after year. Faithful. But you can't get up to speed with God doing that any longer. And let me tell you why. It's, it's because you're loaded down with the weights of the world and with its sins. When Jesus said that to the Pharisees, they spun on their heel and they rebuked him and they wanted to kill him. How dare you? We're the children of Abraham. What do you mean we're loaded down with sin? We're not, the, we're not the servants of sin. But when you have sat around spiritually, when you have sat down spiritually, when you're not running, and not just running helter-skelter, I mean running the race with Jesus. If you're no longer running, or let's roll this back to two weeks ago, before you started fasting, if you had quit running with Jesus, you're just wandering. You're just walking. You, some of you, some of us were standing still. Some of us were sitting down. Some of us were in bed, spiritually. You don't have to raise your hand. It's not necessary. But you know what I'm talking about. Some of you had gone to bed in your walk with the Lord. Can you say amen? Can you see you hopping a train from bed? So listen to me this morning. When you sit down spiritually in your life, you're no longer running with God. No matter how much of a believer you are, no matter how full of the Holy Ghost you are, you're not running with God. When you sit down spiritually, that's when the weights of the world and its sins begin to accumulate on you. They cling to you like barnacles on a clam, like fat cells on a couch potato. Don't they? You know that's how, the, that's how the natural weight gets on you. Well, that's how the weights of the world get on you. It's when you're sitting 
when you should be running. Somebody say amen. amen. You can't run with God in your lazy boy recliner. Now I'm not talking about natural rest. I'm talking about your walk and my walk with God in the Spirit. You have to get up to speed with God. Hallelujah. If you're going to run with Him. Because He intends to pull you along. That's something real Christians learn. Is that nobody can walk with God, much less run with God. But if you get up to speed and the anointing of God begins to move, He will sweep you up. Yes. And then your, your legs are moving, but it's not your strength. Yes, Lord. You know what I'm saying? Yes. Your vision is looking ahead, but you're seeing see, things your eyes cannot discern. But you're getting it. God starts getting into your run. He starts getting into your walk. He starts getting down on the inside. That's what believers that really walk with Jesus know. They know what running with God is all about. And you can't run with God from the easy chair. Look, you can change programs on your TV set with your remote, but you can't change your life with that remote. Amen? And... Uh, you need to get up to speed with God to change your life. Matthew 28, 18 and 19 says, Jesus said to them, All authority. Somebody say all authority. All authority, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples. Notice that the very first thing Jesus said was not make disciples, baptizing them, or any of those other things. Somebody help me. What was the first thing that came out of his mouth? Go. Go. Now look at, Jesus is standing there. He's saying, as he's freshly risen from the dead, he's appeared before his disciples, and he's speaking to them, and he says, can you imagine them standing there? And there's Jesus, glorified. They watched him die. He's standing there alive, and he says, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. I said, oh man, we know we were following the right guy. Hallelujah. All authority is given. And then he says, therefore, go. Christianity is all about the going. It doesn't even begin to work until you start going. Until your life is in the go with God. Yes. Run with Jesus mode. That authority and power isn't going to do you any good. Jesus' authority. He said all authority in heaven and on the earth. All authority. Authority over every devil. Authority over every symptom and every plan and strategy and weapon of the enemy. Everything Jesus died to redeem you from and rose from the dead, He has given us the opportunity to exercise that authority over the power of those things. Many of you feel overpowered sometimes by things. A sickness, a condition in your life, it's, it's been there. It's been more than weeks, months, some, sometimes it's been years. And you feel this thing's here to stay. Time has a way of adding weight to those problems in your life and they just begin to multiply and they move in. It's like that bad relative you can't get rid of. They, once they've moved in, they've drugged their furniture and then they got their friends coming in and out and the next thing you know, man, you just don't have any hope of them ever leaving and they're not showing, showing any signs of leaving. So, you know, many of you have these things in your life 
you know shouldn't be there. And God says, that thing is powerful. But I give you authority over all the power. The enemy does have power. But you can defeat power with the proper application of authority. Proper application of authority. All authority. You can speak that word of authority if you are running up to speed with God and the word of God will speak through you. Otherwise, you're just quoting scripture like a parrot. Uh, so, Jesus said, Go, therefore, and make disciples. All authority is given to me. So that authority is not going to work in your life just if you're sitting down spiritually in your life. It's not till you get up and go and praise the Lord. When you get up and get up to speed with God and you go through fasting and prayer, that's when he empowers you to lay aside every sin and the weights that are entangling you. You begin to get stripped of those bondages when you start getting up to speed with God. That's when they start falling off. That's when they start coming off. And don't make the mistake I made for years in saying, look, the Word says, so I'm just going to sit here in my lazy boy recliner and I'm going to speak the Word. I'm going to confess the Word. Because I went back and took another look at the Scriptures and I found out that all those people that got what they spoke out of the words of their mouth, they fasted and prayed. They got up to speed with God. They were moving with God. They just weren't sitting there saying things. You can have the Holy Ghost and sit and nothing will happen. But you can get out of the Holy Ghost and fast and pray and all kinds of things will happen. Ah. Heaven will start breaking out yeah. in your little corner of the world. Somebody say amen. amen. In Matthew 16, 24, first verse of scripture I ever learned. Jesus said, if anyone come after me. Notice, once again, the momentum. If anyone come after. Jesus didn't call people to believe in him. They called people to follow him. There's tons of people jumping around in the world saying, I believe in Jesus. But he called us to be with him. And so he calls us to walk with him. And he said, if anyone comes after me to follow me, let him deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. So you can't follow Jesus until you deny self, take up the cross, and follow Jesus. So let me just bring this back to prayer and fasting. You can pray for self to follow Jesus. You can pray, you know, I need to get my life together. You know, I need to get closer to God. Uh, you know, uh, uh, I've been praying for things. I'm not seeing them come to pass. I need to draw closer to the Lord. You can sit and pray that self will follow Jesus. Or you can fast and pray. And the Bible says, then you can deny yourself, take up your cross and follow Jesus. When you add fasting to your prayer, that's when you're denying yourself taking up your cross and following Jesus. And the minute you round the corner into a real fast with God, you find out that becomes very clear. It's one of the first things you realize is, whoa, this is denying myself, taking up my cross and following Jesus. We think denying ourselves was accepting Jesus. It's not any denial of self for a sinner to say, I believe in Jesus, I'll take Jesus, come Jesus, come on Holy Ghost, get into my life. That's not denying anything. That's just using Jesus as an additive, a coat of paint, a whitewash. 
Are you listening to me? There's no denial of self in that. That's adding Jesus to self. But Jesus has come with a new self to give you. New nature, new, na new creation. And uh, you, can't, you can't walk with one foot in one world, one in the other. And so the fact is that if you really want to come after Jesus, he said, deny yourself, take up your cross and follow him. Well, I'm going to be honest with you this morning. Maybe you're probably better than I am. I can't do that. I can't. Self in me, self-indulgence, selfishness, desires, all those things, they're just stronger. They're deeply rooted. I cannot just tamp all that stuff down, cut it out, put it aside, jump up, and run with Jesus. I have to take up my cross. I can't do it, but he can help me do it. He can do it for me. He can get on the inside and help me. All I need to do is to get up to speed with him, and he'll pick me up and carry me along the rest of the way. You've got to be willing to live the fasted life. Christians that, and, and again, I say this with, with shame in my own heart, spend years because they know the Word, they know the Bible, they go around competing with one another. What's your doctrine? What do you believe? You know, what's God showing you? And they start competing with one another. What's God speaking to you? Do you have a word from God? Do you have a word from God? And it's worthless. There's no power in it. It's just church competition. It's ridiculous. Jesus came to radically transform lives. And it takes people that get up, take up their cross, deny themselves, follow them. They're the people that power will be in them. You know, the apostles used to say, James said it. He said, yeah, I know you got faith. I got faith. Show me your faith without fasting and prayer, and I'll show you my faith with fasting and prayer, and we'll find out where God is really moving. So we don't say this with any criticism, but it is an admonition to reality. It wouldn't be fair. It wouldn't be right if I did not Confront you with reality. Confront you with what really is a walk with Jesus Christ. Well, for two weeks, if not all of you, many of you have been discovering that in your life. You're beginning to come alive. The crust is falling off. The detangling of the sins that uh, you didn't, nobody knew about, but you, you couldn't get, seem to get yourself away from it. The weights that held you down, you couldn't get up and run, you'd ran out of breath, but now you're starting to move. Mobility's come back into your life. And God is about to sweep you up into his initiative. He doesn't want to use somebody else. There's nobody better than you. Who's better than you? God don't have somebody better to use than you. You're as good as it gets. Hallelujah. You look at these characters that Jesus used, cream, creme de la creme, cream of the crop. Hallelujah. So you're as good as it gets. Jesus is wanting you to get up and run with him. Can you say amen? amen. In the book of Jeremiah, you've heard this probably quoted a number of times, Jeremiah 29 and 13, it says, Then you will seek me, inquire for me, and require me as a vital necessity, and you will find me when you have searched for me with all of your heart. Fasting 
helps you to get hold of all of your heart. Most of us go through life, unfortunately, with only our hand on a portion of our heart at any given time. And the rest of it is rented out to all kinds of other things. And we, we confess that out of our mouth all the time. I wish I could, I just can't. You don't want, at the end of your life, the epitaph over your burial to say, she wished she could, but just couldn't. He wished he could, but couldn't get it together. God gave you a precious life to live. And as you go down the track in your life, year after year, decade after decade, less and less of that life is actually in your hand to do something with. More and more of it is under prescription and dedicated to things that you have just consigned yourself to. But Jesus said, He whom the Son sets free, free indeed. You know, that freedom means that Monday through Sunday, I really am free to serve God. I am moving with God. I am walking with Him. And I'm not afraid if the Lord tells me to do something, I can do that thing that He's told me to do. Because courage and boldness comes with confidence into your heart when you let God through fasting and prayer begin to dislodge you and break away those things. We all secretly, because we usually don't confess it, have a love-hate relationship with our own soul. It's a healthy man or woman that loves themselves in the Lord. But there's also that part of us that we hate that thing in us that just can't seem to get engaged to do what God wants us to do. We won't say it to anybody because everybody wants to seem strong because we're all living in competition with each other. We say we're not and we shouldn't be, but, but we tend to do that. And so because we do, do we don't want to let our guard down, but we do hate that part of us that just can't seem to get it together. Fasting breaks that cycle. When you fast and pray, maybe not day one, maybe not day two, that's why long fasts are really good. Because it takes time to give it up. It takes time for you to, to decide, I'm really going to release this thing. It takes time to drill down and get down to the real issues in your life and in my life. It takes time to be willing to look at them, much less surrender them so that God can give you something better. And so he said, when you search for me with all of your heart, as a vital necessity that you cannot live without, then you will find me. Yes. Fasting is searching for Jesus like a vital necessity that we can't live without. For when you can combine fasting with your prayer, you're setting your hunger for God above your body's cravings. I feel that in my own life, in many ways, a little like Solomon, I'm ashamed to say, I have used my life as an experiment. Can I indulge my body's cravings and at the same time vault like a pole vaulter over the consequences by using faith 
in the Word of God, confessing and praying? Can I, just with obedience and standing on the Word and confessing the Word, can I break free and break loose of those entangling vines that grow around a stagnant Christian's life? And I've tried it just like every other Christian eventually tries it. But you realize you've got to go back to fasting. You've got to break out Hallelujah. You've got to get to that place where you're searching for Him with all of your heart and not just relying on what you know of the Word and confessing the Word. We think sometimes it's like throwing little bread nuggets out to the Holy Spirit, like feeding the birds in the morning. Here's a quote. Here's a verse. We're just confessing the Word. We throw it out and then the dove will come down and flutter over it. And make the miracle happen and send the healing. Now, you probably haven't visualized it quite like that. But then again, your mind isn't twisted up like mine is. But it don't matter. However you visualize it, it's the same kind of thing. We think faith. It's something God has given us so we don't have to fast and pray. We think faith is something God's given us so we don't have to break self, deny self, take up the cross, follow Jesus. We think we're sophisticated. In the ancient world, they needed to fast and pray. Today, we just know. But it's knowledge that covers the earth like the waters cover the sea that will deceive the end time world and will sap the strength out of God's people. And the church will be faithful without power. So, I've come down to the end of this thing this morning. And here's what it's all about for you and I today. We, we're getting up to speed with God. Amen? Amen? We have one more week to go. And I want you to locate yourself. Where are you in this thing this morning? God bless you. I'm proud of you. Because most of you, if not all of you, at the beginning of this, I so love what Diane said. I had no idea what she was going to say. But the fact that she got up and said, she thought about me and she said, is he out of his mind? <laughs> Not now, man. Not now. I got all this stuff going on. Not now. Just to illustrate the, the significance of how that feels and how you feel when, when I announced we're going on a 21-day fast. That Not now. I even thought, oh, my God, what am I doing? Dread. I remember a friend of mine, Richie Clark, he was the head of our outreach ministry in um, Connecticut, and we had an urban church out there, and uh, God was just growing that thing. It was beautiful, moving. And he would go out on the green in New Haven and preach the gospel. And there was a concert going on out there, just some, some, some rock show, and uh, on a Saturday afternoon, and um, there were blankets and all these people sitting around. This is back in the, it's back in the 70s. So, um, Richie walks up to this, sitting on the blanket. There's this guy sitting there. He's got a girl on one arm. He's got another girl on the other arm. And they're all three of them sitting there. And they're all huddled around a, a brown paper bag. And he's got his hands down in the bag, and he's rolling a bone. I don't know, some of y'all aren't that old, you know. Do you know what I'm talking about? So at any rate, he's rolling up a doobie, you know. And he's, he's in there, and, uh, you know, they're just they're getting high and enjoying themselves. So Richie walks up, their heads are all down in the bag and everything, and Richie's standing over them, and they look up. 
And they looked at him. And he's just standing there. And I'm sure they thought, well, he wants some. So Richie starts to talk. He says, do you know Jesus loves you? Do you know that Jesus loves you? He looks at the girls. And they're looking at him like, what? And looking up. And the guy looks up at him. He looks at this girl. He looks at that girl. He looks down on the bag, looks back up. He says, not now, man. I said, what'd you do? He said, I fell over laughing. Richie said he just fell out laughing. It was hilarious. It's just hysterical. But, you know, man, that is, uh, you know, that is where we're at. God comes in and he doesn't, he doesn't bother to schedule himself with the rotation of the earth and, and life and how it goes. He comes on his time. And this is his time. Hallelujah. So here we are at two weeks. And maybe in the beginning, two weeks ago, you were like Diane thinking, how am I going to do this? How am I going to do this? I'll fast five minutes a day. I think I can handle that. Stop eating for five minutes. I'll just make it up when that five minutes are over. And um, there may be some of you here, and, and by the way, don't, don't, don't let me get past this without acknowledging everyone who's really been sacrificing and fasting and going after God. The Lord knows. Heaven knows. And let me tell you, heaven is sweeping down. Heaven is coming down into your house. Heaven's coming down into your body. Heaven's coming down into your finances. Heaven's coming down into your life. And ministry's going to start pouring out. Hallelujah. Revival. God's, he's going to start reviving you, and then he's going to send you out to revive others. That's how that works. So it's coming. It's coming down. It's moving. Glory to God. But there may be some of you here that have listened for the past month and a half as we've been talking about going on this fast and where we're headed. And you might have thought, well, not now. This is not a good time. I, I can't really do this. I, I've never really done this before. I don't know if I can really pull this off. And so you may have said to yourself, there'll be other fasts. I, I can't get in on this one. Are you listening to me? I, you know, I can't get in. There'll be other opportunities. And you are right. There will be. I'm sure that many of you, your life's never going to be the same. You're going to be walking with the Lord in fasting and prayer on a regular basis. And that the great joy of having God moving and, and moving with Him. But let me just speak to, to you. If you have said there'll be other fasts, and this morning you're sitting here thinking, I think I made a mistake. I, I should have been in this. I should have been doing this. I've been handling this with minimal fasting, and now I wished I'd have piled it on a little more. I wished I'd have made a little bit more of a sacrifice. Now, I'm looking at some of you a little thinner than you were a couple weeks ago, and so I know that those of you, you're probably not feeling that way. Um, but there may be somebody think, sitting here now thinking, let, let, me, let me put this in perspective for you. On Monday the 22nd, this fast is going to be over. And whatever you did with it, that door's closed. The opportunity is gone. Now, yes, there'll be other fasts. But God wants to do something right now. And now is the time. And let me tell you, a real want with God belongs to people who know what now is. Know when God is speaking and act on it. Jump out and get hold of it. 
So here we are at week two, and I'm ringing the wake-up bell to somebody this morning, and I'm saying this to you, it's not too late. Don't condemn yourself. It's not too late. Don't feel bad. If you started out biting off a big ambitious fast, pardon the metaphor, and you about two days in said, oh man, I can't, Lord forgive me, the car is turning into Burger King. I can't seem to control it. And uh, man, don't condemn yourself. It's all part of fasting. The Bible says the righteous fall seven times. What do they do? They get up again. It's those that run the race, not those that make it the first sprint out of the gate. I want to encourage you today that it's not too late. If you want to increase your fast, great. If you want to just lower your head and move forward, move forward, let me encourage you, don't look at Monday morning. Don't look at January 22nd. Look at Jesus. Don't focus on when the fast is going to be over. Focus on right now what God is speaking and what God is doing. Hallelujah. Because at some point, if you haven't realized it yet, the wind of the Spirit is starting to move around your ankles, around your feet. He's picking up your walk. He's picking up your feet. He's moving you, hallelujah, on that path, that narrow way of power and anointing. Can you say amen? So if you're here this morning, you might say, well, I didn't even know there was a, was a fast. You can join in. Set your heart. We're fasting. Some people fasting water, nothing but water or liquid. Some people are fasting um, one meal. Uh, they're fasting all day except for one meal. Some are doing the Daniel fast. Ugh. God bless you, you guys doing the Daniel fast. I mean, I'm not a vegetable eater. I'm a meat eater. I'm a carnivore. So for me, I'd rather drink water than eat vegetables. So it's not much of a fast for me to drink water, a little broth or something around the, but you make me eat some kind of nasty, whatever that pureed, whatever. No, that would be a fast. See, that'd be torture and fasting. Seek God with prayer, fasting, and torture. All right, so listen to me. We've got one week to go today. Hallelujah. It's day 14, and we are running for the goal. We're running to win. God has got a future. You and I don't even know what he's got for this church. Don't even realize what he's got. There are giants out there. They don't even know it. A little bit of David running around between their feet. They don't even see you. They don't even, they're not even going to know it till the stone hits them in the forehead. And all those captives start coming out of those prison houses. God is going to give you and I the keys of the kingdom to unlock the prison doors. All the captives we see moving up and down the streets, coming and going like life is just never going to end. He's going to release the prison doors. He's going to open up the eyes. It's going to be the anointing of the Holy Ghost. As you go, you'll see the power of God moving. Can you say amen? How many of you have been hungry to see the supernatural signs and wonders? Demons being cast out, blind eyes opening. People being healed, word of knowledge operating, prophetic gifts. These are all tools that God has given to you and I. Get up and fast and pray. You want these things? There's a price to pay. Salvation's free, but there's a price to pay. To walk with God and have that power and have that anointing. And you're paying that price. Hallelujah. And you're going to want to keep on paying it when you start seeing God move. Hallelujah. Amen.
Now, I've gone off the reservation here, and I'm just babbling uh, extemporaneously. So I'm going to stop, have you close your Bible and stand up.